0: Welcome Coralie Hurley from Western Australia. Thank you so much, Coralie, for just allowing me to interview you. And the idea behind this chat with you for this podcast is just to inspire people to realize that anybody can do this. This is a game for anybody and your road and how, how people might find that a little bit motivating and hopefully want to follow in your footsteps. Thanks,
1: Hilary. Hey, fantastic. You having me on here.
0: Well, let's start with a little bit around how you and I met. Uh, you can start, and I'll, and I'll fill in the blanks. We've known each other for a while, so
1: you go first. Well, I was I was heading to Bob's, one of Bob's courses. Um, I turned up, and you were this glamorous woman there. That I think it was really early too, and so I met you, uh, letting people into the into this the seminar, and um, and then then you went, oh, I'm Bob's partner. This is a little bit later, so I just thought you were just some gorgeous woman. I went, oh, he's got someone that's flamboyant and she's warming and oh cool. Yeah. And then I realized I went, okay, lucky man. <laughs> That's how we met.
0: Okay. For those of you, some people might see this interview. So you might be watching this or listening to it on Spotify or you might be listening on Apple, but it's also on YouTube. So if you want to see how gorgeous Coralie is, here she is giving me all the kudos. Blonde bombshell. Anyway, so we met and after the the workshop, so it was a three day workshop and during that time I did present and I told a story. But then Carly got sort of sidetracked, and you know, when somebody's looking across the room to you, like, "Come help me! Come help me!" I really noticed that, so I went and rescued her, and we ended up having a chat about potentially doing some coaching. So we organised for me to go around there a week later. Well, that was the end of that. There was no coaching. The wine bottle lid, the wine bottle came out, <laughs> and we became friends from then on.
1: <laughs> That's right. And to to make sure the wine bottle wasn't wasn't there, we went right. Let's put our sneakers on and let's go for a ten k walk.
0: Ah, oh, and boy, have you and I—we've done some walking together, tons and tons. So, anyway, Carly, tell us about your property journey and what you do in property and how it's given you the lifestyle that you that you currently live, which is pretty pretty all over the place. Jet setting still, even uh, tw- in June twenty twenty
1: one. Yeah, well, COVID's put a bit of a, a dampener on that one, hasn't it? So, but no, my my journey was interesting. I I think I always had a passion for property. But I didn't know it. So no family members had said to me, Coralie, we can see that you're, you're making properties look beautiful. You're interested in furniture. So I didn't really even know the interior design road as something, as, as a path.
0: Oh, I have to interrupt there. Your interior design skills are amazing. Oh, like you, <laughs> I just feel so embarrassed when, I would, if you ever came to where I live now, I'd be like, oh no, Coralie's coming. I'd have to get somebody around. You are so talented when it comes to design.
1: Okay, I'm coming over then. <laughs> yeah so pretty much that's what happened um i i was doing that so what happened is the opportunity to buy the first caravan and move so long story but years ago i did get married and i moved to the middle of nowhere on a mine site and so i swapped a car for a caravan well this caravan was a an ugly little little thing and so that was it that was my first interior design um my home my nest which then led on and then virtually sold that one for another, um, caravan and upgraded to a, a bigger bubble, um, where, you know, you need to sort of fit the kids in and, um, and then sold that one. And that led to the first block of land. And then it led to the first house being built. And every time something was renovated and it was beautiful that there would be an opportunity to sell it. It always looked amazing. Yeah. And instantly there would be this cash flow that would be there. So my, I'd go, Oh, let's sell that and get another one. And if we sell that, we can put that money into something else. So that just kept happening. And that was, but it still wasn't, I didn't see it as property investing until I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right. And then I read that and went, Oh, people do this for a living because I didn't know anyone around me that actually was just a property investor. I, I saw people as builders and there was traders and, you know, it was just someone might buy a house or and then the the men in black were the ones buying the commercial property so you don't that wasn't even something that I saw and then that led me to reading the book and I had one friend that her husband and her were trying to get into some properties long story but I had a weekend in Perth so I was still living in the country went to Perth and just watched this seminar it was just a two-hour seminar and this friend's husband got up there on stage and he spoke and I didn't really know much about what he was speaking about and then that was it it was about property and then all these other people getting up and they're property investors they're calling themselves property investors this is how long ago this so this is back in 2002 and I was just sitting there with my mouth open going oh my god these are my people where have they been all my life and I was like oh my god people do this for a living this is what they could do and I was had my own biz, business in partnership, and flat out trying to juggle kids and and my hobby on the side that I didn't even know was, you know, kids tidy your room, back next house. <laughs> so I was moving the the home. Um, the home was the asset that I was moving from and and buying the next one and the next one, and I was doing that constantly. So the, the minute I and negative gearing was all I knew about. So I didn't know about cash flow property and the minute i read that rich dad poor dad book i went i went out and bought my um, best best property ever um straight off the cuff of that one it was a seventy thousand dollar house at the time and i got it for half price well i was hooked um and i you know straight away went into renovating that one it was two little houses together it's on a commercially zoned block of land it was like tick 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 you know robert kiyosaki watch this yeah that so that's how it started and then that led me to more and more and more um, courses and seminars. You know, I couldn't get enough of all the books. And that's what, you know I came across Bob in there too, because at this point now is doing the rich dad poor dad's strategy, which was buy and hold. But then you also need to get rid of a few on the way through. So that's where the development came in. So it was like, well, what don't I know about development to then have the development side? So I've been a, now I've been to because when I met you, Hillary, I was coming on the back of a previous course that I've done with um, Bob uh, Bob a couple of years earlier. And then I think there was one before that. So, uh, yeah, I brought my daughter to the the second one and then I was doing a repeat when I met you. So I I go and have refreshes with Bob all the the time. Well, I
0: think what you're alluding to, and uh, we're on the couch tonight, like doing talking about investing as well, but investing in yourself, Coralie is what you're saying. You've spent, and I know it, you've not just done, you know, property mastermind courses or what you refer to them as Bob's courses. You've done plenty of courses, and we've talked about this in the past, but not just you don't just do them once, you go back and do them again. So you actually invest in yourself and it's given you a lifestyle that's like it's seriously amazing.
1: Oh, and what's really tricky too is is I I already had a career and I was in the the mining industry. So all of a sudden to say, all right, I'm resigning from the mining industry um, and I I want to focus on property full time. There was this directorship level and everything that I had out there. And all of a sudden I'm going, hey, I'm a property investor.
0: I don't want to do this
1: anymore. I'm, I'm over the whole mining thing, trading time for money. Yeah, it, it just felt really weird to be doing that, to all of a sudden turn around to people and go, look, I've, I've got a career direction. This has been my passion. I've realized it. I've had a, a lightning bolt experience at this seminar that I went to. Yeah, so I was at this property seminar in Perth where I had this lightning bolt moment, but this moment happened because I had an auntie with me. She's quite an entrepreneurial woman in her own right, Um and I love her because she's she's the reason why I'm, I'm doing property full-time because she... I was in this seminar and there there was a course happening over in Sydney and I hadn't done anything like that. I hadn't even hopped on a plane on my own and gone to Sydney or anything. And then all of a sudden when she turned around and I said to her, oh, my God, I would kill to go to this property seminar in Melbourne. Sorry, Sydney it was. And she said, she just leaned over and leaned into me and she said, well, you know, aren't you the property girl and the kid's dad at the time? She said, isn't he the mining man? And it was that realisation that I was actually following I'd, I'd landed in a role and, and, uh, you know, I was, I was good at it, but I was in a role and an industry that I wasn't passionate. I I wasn't passionate about it. It was, it's just something that I, I was good at. I did. But when I Mm. thought about property. My heart was going, Oh my God, I could wake up every day. I could do it, would, it. This would be easy. And that's what sort of happens. You know, you find yourself working seven days a week, but you're going, But it's, I, I'm not actually working. I feel really guilty because I'm actually having fun. <laughs>
0: mm. I know, like, for people to know you, Coralie you're you're very organized like you're a very organized woman but you're also incredibly hard working and that's something I admire about you I think when I first met you I know you work really hard when you need to but you're also prepared to just do what it takes and I have a couple of clients who are similar to that, and I just love seeing that about you. Like I know you, but during COVID, that you couldn't get people to do things, and so you just put your jeans on and went and got a shovel and did some stuff yourself. And look at you, you you're a gorgeous blonde. You look amazing. And then, but if you have to do something, there's nothing that you're that you would think, oh, that's beneath me. You just do so well for yourself. It's I think for me, I people that are prepared to do what it takes get there. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. And hey, it takes one to know one. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've got your hard rack of boots too. So I've seen you do exactly the same thing, but I don't find that uh, that's, it's, it, that's the variation in property, isn't it? You know, you might be dirty for the next month and you've, you're in the gardens and you're knocking walls down and you're helping and, and putting things together. And um, there's dust and dirt running around everywhere. And then the next week you're, you're off with the, the outfit on and you, you're looking the part to go and borrow some money and but you know sort of
0: what you do with property even like what you've done just currently so you've moved back from you were living in queensland for a while moved back over to western australia and you had a talk us through what you did this current project and what you've done and and yeah the photos are amazing
1: yeah. oh well the current project during covid i had three sets of uh commercial units they're so about 100 square meters each they're only little ones But the problem is they're at a little size where they're office space, small retail, little businesses, and they became vacant through that period. And it's not unprofessional for that size business, for that, you know, a business or a retail. So an office retail business going back home and operating that from their own space. Like one was a hairdresser, so she's gone back Mm. and um, she's doing it elsewhere. So, you know, I ended up with these little white elephants that are sitting there and they're empty. So I've gone back in and I've gone, okay, they're in the centre of the town. So I'm now re- and, and the accommodation is really short in this particular town that I'm looking at. So I actually, can I say town? No, I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> so it's a commercial property with these three units with frontage. So now what I've done, they've got mesamine floors. I've now turned them into great big beautiful loft studio apartment office space I've been putting toilets and showers and and, and opening up the spaces and really making them look commercial and industrial and the first one looks so good that I've set my office up in here at the moment because it's just fantastic and I'm just working on them all but that that's a you know situation where this is why I love commercial too I, I don't go and buy a brick house in mum and dad's suburban sort of area I'm looking for that little old house it's on a main street it's its location it's central and it's got development potential so if the market changes in whatever town or suburb or city or wherever you are you know that you're not just stuck to one thing so the mum and dad's brick house that's it all you can do in a low economy is either sell it at a low or rent it at a low and hang on in there mm. whereas if you've got a commercial zoned piece of land or, or, or you've got a mixed use for that, that particular land. That's what I want. Yeah. The land. Then you can change what it is. So it's, it's like playing Monopoly, isn't it? If you're playing Monopoly, you can put the little green house on there and then you can put three or four and then you can put the little red hotel or a couple or whatever. Well, I want that piece of land. I don't want the, the, the one that, that is just a little brick house and that's it. There's no more development potential with that. And it is only going to be a house because it's amongst houses. No, I'm not interested. I like the, I like to have my risk factor where I can, I can change with the market and be creative. So that's what's happened with this one. I've been creative. So once upon a time, your office retail was all good, solid investments. Whereas now that's not, and where I'm at, the accommodation, the shortage is just the perfect thing. And this is such a trendy little spot, little place that I'm, I'm quite proud of this one. I'm
0: yeah. So do you ever find, like, that's been so exciting for you and as usually you've turned it into something amazing and beautiful. Do you ever, like, Do how's that nerve factor? When when those became empty, do you ever think, oh, no, financial, finances down the toilet? Or, you know, what goes through your head at the time? How do you get yourself from these were all going well and then they became empty? How did you, what's the transition that goes on in your head? Is there a, a scare factor or how do you deal with that unknown situation?
1: I think you've just got to sit down and you've got to look at them. I think when I buy things, I'm actually looking at that already. So I'm looking at an exit strategy whenever I buy anything. So if I'm buying a block of land and it's in the middle of two commercial properties, I'm looking at it, and this is just a couple of old houses, I'm looking at that going, okay, if something happened, what can I do? Well, maybe the the, the commercial property owner next door or, the, you know, if they're renting it, they'll know someone, maybe they want to buy mine as a, as as a, a piece of land. So I've now got two buyers each side of that. If if worse come to worse, that they might may want to buy that. Or I know that I can turn it into that commercial property or I can rent it out. So I've always when I so when I bought these a long time ago, I've also got a big development for this. So I can take it up a few more levels. Uh, I can split walls. I can I can do all sorts of things. So there was a lot of advantages to buying and knowing that I could do a whole lot of things with them. So all I, when this happened and I just had to reflect back and go, okay, where's all my strategies? So as I think of things, I actually have, um, folders that I keep where I have those pictures or ideas. So say this one here, I had some Melbourne inner city living little studio apartment warehouse frontages and interiors so I just sort of filed them in there because I go oh that would be interesting if it ever happened I could do that there so I I just I've got a little photographic memory for interior design Mm. (laughs) ideas and I just flick through so I just start going through the ideas so every property I've got I'll I'll go oh I could do this here oh I could go that I could do that oh I could split that one Um, rather than have one tenant I could put three tenants into this one by splitting the shed for example an industrial shed and I've got petitions and I could put an office here and a you know a, a portable donger and I could now have two tenants because the space is too big. So I'm thinking like that all the time.
0: Mm, quite strategic with potential, what could happen, depending on what does happen almost. Yeah. S- carrying on with commercial, you'll always stay commercial. You're a commercial uh, woman. Uh, that, that's where you, you know, your passion is. What's the big picture for you? Where do you end up, Coralie?
1: Hey, well, hey, going back to that one, That was the thing that turned me off commercial there for a while because I thought the big, the men in black were the ones that did that. It was just at a level where you go, Oh gosh, you can only takes one deal to go belly up and bankrupt. So so the thought of getting into commercial was a really scary type thing. But I, I I started learning more and more about commercial as well because I just had that bit of a, Oh, I don't know anyone that really does commercial unless they're, uh, they just appeared to be. A bit bigger, and I thought, oh, I don't want to get caught in that one. I'm, you know, I'm quite comfortable with what I'm doing. And once I got to know more and more about the commercial aspect, I did did a course with um Dolph Deruz. Well, Dolph Deruz was actually a mentor for Robert Kiyosaki, wow. so that's how I got onto him. And he virtually talked more about their about commercial property being his mm-hmm. passion. He said, "But you don't really teach commercial because the the masses are more residential Mm. orientated." So he was of the opinion of like the the masses don't go that way. So when he he came to Australia in 2005, I was on that plane and I was in Melbourne and I was front row seats and and absolutely soaking everything in. And then and it was what I learned from that. And then I from that and being once again it's that education side. Once I was in that that side of things, I'm networking with people that were in that commercial world as well or thinking that way. So then the connections and the connections and then, you know, there was other webinars and a couple other little courses I went to where you'd have a commercial property guru. That's actually that's what they do for their livelihood. And then they're in there just teaching you some things. So Mm. then all these collections of questions I've got, I would, you know, I'd be one of those people.
0: (laughs) You'd be the lady at the front with her hand up the whole time. Pick me, pick me. So, it was uh, is there ever a fear? Is there ever, do you ever hit that fear or you've got enough now that when one's low, you've, you're always carrying yourself through?
1: The biggest tip I found with commercial property was initially writing up a, a contract and then not knowing what mm. due diligence I had to do because I, I didn't know what was hidden there or what I didn't.
0: You don't know what you don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly. And then I, th- so that led me to a this guru or one guru and he was just an investor and I, and there was probably only 50 people at his little course. Uh, and that was probably the best thing I ever did because this guy was living proof of what he was doing. And what I learned from that was I, I, that was my hand up in the air going, Hey, I've got myself caught in a commercial deal. I, there was a, a situation where there was a whole lot of, there was about 15 tenancies in this particular heritage list of building I was, mm. I was getting at. And I, I actually had it subject to finance, and I thought I could just—I was just naive, and I, I just—I was treating it like property, and, and then I had a few things that I wanted to do to look at to make sure I, you know, I need this and I need that. But one thing I didn't do was get a copy of the, the tenancies, and I assumed that they'd be written up commercially the way I thought they would. And then when I got those later, there was a there was a whole lot of that's when that's when I realized, oh gosh, commercial tenants and tenancies are written up however <laughs> you want them to be. So, you know, there were some really mm. tricky things in there that were, um, and it cost me. So, my budgets that I'd written up were totally off part. you know, and I, I looked at it and went, what I thought was going to be a cash flow property. Um, wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't. And I went, oh, hang on. Went, no, it wasn't. So, that was what led me to this seminar. Um, and I went, that was my first question. It's like, this is what I've done. I've got myself Caught up in there, I thought I listed everything I need to know, and then virtually the big tip that I learned from that one was an annexure. You add an annexure, which gave me the due diligence power to actually have it covered to cover that whole realm of of the things I don't know that I don't know. So I, you know, it covered everything. Yeah, so I was lucky that that one didn't. (laughs) Just the importance
0: of the right education,
1: but that one was scary. Yeah, because that was nearly that one deal that nearly took me out.
0: (laughs) So. I know that also that you stagger them. Like I know you do really good cash flows and you know that that was something you taught me, that you, you make sure that your tenancies are never falling due at the same time. So all tenants are moving out on the same day. But that was just, I remember that in a conversation we were walking one day, I was like, oh yeah, I suppose that would be right with commercial, something I never thought about. You're very good with numbers and you do massive planning, don't you, around tenancies?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I'll look at a, a commercial property and I'll look at what I've already got there and I, I can see when different ones are coming due so someone might be on a five-year lease and that's great and then I might have another property that a tenant might go bankrupt or or you know they leave or something happens and so now they've now I'm going to end up with a couple of properties empty at the same time or I end up with say a is in a property and then I might have another property behind and then they they say look can we take that back property and that's all cool and so this is an example of one but I've got, and then there's a third property at the back and then they go, Oh, can I have that on that? So now I've got a bigger piece and now my risk management before was three tenancies, mm-hmm. three different people, all different leases. Now I've got one tenant, three leases. So when that tenant goes, I've now got a massive problem. So I've now got to look at all my other properties that I've got in there. So this is, so it moves, it moves all the time depending on who's doing what. So if if the property becomes I end up with one tenancy there, I've now got to look at my next renewals of leases on anything else that comes up. So I might encourage someone, they might have a, a three year option on something or a five year option. But if that falls now at the same time that these other three properties fall due, that's that's a massive mm. risk to me. So I'll I'll turn around and go, okay, well, I might encourage them to do you know, so if, say if they wanted to take a five-year option, which is great, I might encourage them to take a three-year and say, look, I'll give you a discount if you want to take the three and how about we give you another option for something else. Or Yeah, so I'm trying to make sure that if a tenant was to leave, I don't end up with a massive amount of properties empty at the same time. Yeah, in a in a bad market, even. So if it's in a good market, you've probably got no problems. But if it ended up being a, a low market, well then, yeah, there's the risk there. So too. how many hours
0: do you think you're working each week now? Like, when it comes to like what you do, because I know you're very hands on, doing lots of other things. And we'll get to those shortly because there's some other exciting stuff that you do. What amount of time do you spend on your property journey right now, your property week?
1: I've got to a point where it was pretty much full-time because I was doing the property management myself and that was a gift to myself one year at Christmas. I thought, oh, my God, I just need to have Christmas. I don't want to know if that toilet's broken and I don't want that tenant to ring up and say, hey, I can't, you know, can I pay you next week because this has happened. So that was sort of what was happening Mm -hmm. when I was managing my own properties. You know, there's there's that. There's no barrier in the middle. Yes. Uh, They come directly to you and then you get the stories and then you might go, okay, look, all right, it's okay because what can you do? Yeah, and then when I handed my properties and everything over to a real estate management, I did that one year. Oh my gosh, I've never looked back, and I totally appreciate my my management agents because, oh my God, the job that they do is is huge. And you, I think you have to manage your own properties to realise the value. So I quite often hear people go, "Oh, what a waste of money," and they charge this something. Oh, I don't get those crazy hour phone calls and and then be looking for people to fix. That toilet or that light or the um, storm happened and they've got a problem happening. So, you know, there's that. And then I don't have the loss of rent because now they it's, it's the, the real estate agents in there and this is, this is the way it has to. You need to beg and borrow from family or friends, but mm. you need to pay that landlord. That's the best thing I ever did.
0: There's that wall up, like you said, between you and your, and your tenant you're removed from it so
1: what hours are you spending on it now on your business which fully supports you so you it's you... yeah, so hours now so it depends I now have the freedom where I've got the property managers in place so depending if I don't have any deals that I'm looking at and I've got that little run where everything's all just rented out geez I can have a holiday <laughs> but I can't help myself I'm always seeing things looking at things and then yeah i'm researching um yeah but if everything's ticking along and i've got tenants in their properties there's nothing happening then i'm fine but end of financial year i might have all the insurance renewals that come in then all of a sudden i'm always doing a health checks so i've got all my insurances all coming mm-hmm. due together i don't have them spread out individually that way i can look at the whole portfolio at the end and i go okay where is everything? Who's my new tenants? And I just, and, and I can go through to the insurance broker, sit down and go, right. Once again, what is it? I don't know that I don't know what's new. Let's have a look at this. Let's see what's going on and make sure that we've got the correct cover. Cause you learn things all the time, even with insurance. So I don't just get the ins- one insurance property in there, pay it and then just flick on it. I think when you put everything all together and do it in one big lump. Yeah, that's when you, you, you find out that, oh, hang on a second. Cause I've had insurance in place and then all of a sudden my, my tenant might change. And then I find out later that, Hey, the insurance companies won't cover that particular tenant for their own reasons. So all of a sudden I've got to cover there, but I actually don't have cover. So as soon as the, the insurance company finds out that that's my tenant. it uh, You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, um, you go, yeah, so you need to find the broker needs to find another um, insurance company to cover that—that that, that's comfortable to do it. I've got one at the moment that oh, just it's fresh, but I think they're about two thousand dollars a year in insurance. And this particular tenant, they won't cover it, so my building's not covered. So we're trying to to get someone in there, and then um it's eleven thousand dollars to have a cover on it. So I'm going oh, oh no. <laughs> because of the particular tenant and their 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 work that they've got.
0: Mm. So do you wish, like looking back now, do you wish you got involved earlier?
1: Oh, hell yeah. I wish that I had known someone in there and had that mentor back then or be interested. but I didn't have family members that were running out there and, and renovating. No, I didn't have builders in the family. Uh There was no electricians and, you know, tradies. I had – my family members still had, you know, homes. They didn't
0: use property as a business like you do, as a, as a lifestyle. Property is your – yeah. No. I, I knew
1: – no. yeah, I knew nobody that did that as a, a business. I didn't know that interior designers was – was the actual oh. op- occupation. I thought that was just something, a little little course you do online and <laughs> who takes that seriously. I mm. didn't do art at school or any of that fun stuff because I thought that would be cheating <laughs> and lazy. <laughs> and now I look back and go, gosh, I wish I knew how to draw properly and, um, I, would have, and I would have loved it. Mm.
0: Well, ironically, your kids, uh, you've got four, you know, grown-up children now. Well, you know getting becoming more and more grown up but all off your hands and you've got one pretty seriously into property he's renovating and splitting another one you've got a couple dabbling and one of your youngest one works for you full-time what you know she works for you do you see any of them moving into the commercial space is there an interest
1: oh they've got no hope they've got me as a (laughs) mum Um, and they're they're just getting in. I mean, they've all they're all into property. Don't get me wrong. So I think they, I mean, gosh, I, monkey do what monkey see, doesn't it? <laughs> so my kids, you know, my kids have all got their hard yakker boots as well. <laughs> and you know, half the renovations were my kids. You know, they could be sitting down and moving to a new house, and all of a sudden, I'm I'm looking at that a wall and going, hmm, there's nothing structural there. Jesus, oh, room would look <laughs> amazing if that was open. And I'd just say, kids, hey, should we go and get the big, go out there and let's get the big hammers and the wheelbarrow and let's go ballistic yeah. and the next minute it will all be out. <laughs> so, you know, or a back fence need to go or, you know, hey, come on, kids. They loved it. So the, the kids were my little slaves. <laughs> should have had more.
0: But they're all into it. And to be fair, you've done your fair share with them. Like, yeah, you know, you've. You're constantly renovating or helping, lugging, moving, shifting. I don't think I've met a woman who's done as much lifting and moving furniture as you. I'm, I'm, I think I'm second to you. I used to be a lot, then I met you. I'm second.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm covered in bruises all the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, so my, my kids are all into property, and and you know because they can see it, I'll I'll say to them, if you've got one property and it makes you. Ten thousand dollars cash flow, like they're not into negative gearing. So I'm, I'm saying you've got to buy it right. You've got to improve it, create the equity, the rents up here, it, and, and they're working mm. out those sums before they even start. And then literally, like if you can make a, if you've got a, a property and you're making ten thousand dollars, we only need ten of those. And if you, if you're doing it right, you're creating equity in there. Ten properties is a hundred thousand dollars. So hey, you know, wifey doesn't have to. Yeah, well, that will Oh, wife doesn't have to work because now you. There's that cash flow coming from that side, and they keep doing what they're doing. But my kids are all business orientated, and they're all they're little daredevils. They're all yeah, pretty proud of them all.
0: Yeah, and you should be. I've met them, and they're they Mm -hmm. are that way. Definitely inclined. Lovely, lovely bunch of people. They are definitely doers. So let's let's wind this up, Coralie. With I'm going to ask the question that people often ask. But what would you tell your 18 year old self?
1: 18 year old, I would now go back and go. Put the paper out and I would have said, what do you like doing? What's the things that you like doing for fun? And if I had have done that, I would have seen that there would have been, I, used to, I would have seen it was property. I used to babysit kids, but I'd go to these people's homes that were beautiful and I'd like be in awe of how gorgeous their houses were. And I, I, so I had that passion for beautiful homes and beautiful spaces and interior, and I would have gone off and I would have mm. done interior design and I, I would have done art at school and, you know, the business side would have still been in there, but I I was led to believe that the best jobs in town were, yeah, you know, doing office work. and, and So I don't regret the business mm. side, but I would have actually added a lot of that fun in there. Fun for someone else could be numbers and, you know, whatever that fun is that you're into or interested in, science, Or mm. whereas my fun was on that creative side of things and I didn't do a lot of it. So I didn't really enjoy that, um, you know, that last bit of school. It was Tick the like, box, oh, got it God, done. This is boring. So I would go back, I would go, yeah, I would go back now and I'd really look at things and I'd go, what is it that I really love doing? And then I would have found that it was property a lot earlier.
0: I mean, it's amazing the lifestyle, as I've said, that you've created for yourself and how naturally talented you are at design, like your natural flair. It's amazing. I just absolutely love it. I remember the first time I walked into your house, I was like, wow, this place is just amazing. Just the way you put it all together. I just have no hope at that sort of thing. I'm so more... I don't know. I'm a bit more stand back practical. I don't know what it is. I don't have what you have. But yeah, that's really interesting to to hear that you would say that to yourself, that you would go back and look at what you love to do and do that. Because, you know, not a lot of people have, have the ability or have the, we say the balls? I don't know, <laughs> to to do what you've done, you know, like to, to take property, commercial property on as a lifestyle. You know, let's talk about, just before we before we do wind up, what would you tell other and i I love helping women. I love women to know that anything is possible to them. You're a single woman, so you're out looking for commercial properties and a lovely man single <laughs> while we're here no <laughs> but what would you what would you t- what would you tell other women who are on their own that and maybe think about property or think about commercial property or just think or even if they don't have to be on their own but want to create a lifestyle for themselves?
1: I would say you've got to learn. You've got to Google commercial property, find those books. Um, look up yeah, look up Bob Anderson, for example, because there's always that development potential. I'm gonna bob a little toot here, but yeah, Bob's awesome. <laughs> but and he's been part of my journey too. But I'd also look at those commercial people out there. So Dolph DeRuz is another really cool one in there. And there's a lot of and find those people, you know, find out who who's buying commercial property. Who are there you could be in a business, but there's a, an owner, who who's the owner? And then, and I think that's what happened with me too. I had a, a, a re, actually a really cool mentor. Oh, I'm forgetting about Ian. So I've got a friend called um, Ian Anderson, and he was a, a builder. And so I was always feeding off him and going, "What about this? And what about that?" And he was the one that was heavily in commercial property. And he he's a commercial property investor, um, builder, and so I think having that sort of person in my life as well made me sort of go, "Okay, I." What about this? What about that? And over the years as I've started to learn things too, all of a sudden now, you know, I I can add to the conversations and Mm. share things that I've learned or he'll ring in and say, hey, what was this or what was that? So we've got a beautiful connection still and I've known him for probably 30 years now. And So there you go. Mm. So if you're interested in that, you've got to find those people to talk to, to learn, well, what is it that you don't know?
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Like you have somebody that you connect with. They started off as a mentor, and now you're their equal. That's just naturally the kind of person you are. Uh, A woman on her own, powering in property. Love to hear it. Love. I hope that other women uh, are inspired by this and think, yes, I can too. I can do this too because you're a bit of an inspiration. You're a blooming go getter, and I love. I just love hearing your stories. Love to hear when you. Do some of the crazy things that you do—grab uh, you know, a <laughs> shovel and go and dig out a drain. Or, you know, it's not a normal thing, but you're not—you're not above it. And sometimes it's just like that. So, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And, and again, I hope that a lot of people find inspiration from your story. So, if you've enjoyed this, you can of course watch us on YouTube. If you're either on Apple or Spotify, remember if you leave a review, where i will be giving away a coaching call to one of the lucky people, you can just photograph the review that you've left and email it to me, hillary at propertymastermind.com.au. And also remember, if you're interested in anything that we have, uh, propertymastermind.com.au, check us out. Well, catch you next time. See ya.